Good morning. I, too, would like to welcome everyone out to the services this morning, especially like to welcome any visitors we have. We appreciate you being here with us today. I know many of you are expecting to uh, hear Ethan this morning as they start their series on apologetics. Um, he was over at the house last night eating, and uh, he couldn't hardly talk then. And I, I told Lori, I said, this ain't, this ain't going to happen. He, he's not going to be able to talk in the morning. He called me this morning. He couldn't even understand what he was saying. He goes, but, Dad, if you want to give my lesson, I can give you my notes. I said, okay, I guess we can do that. I mean, are, are, you're doing apologetics, and there's going to be some science involved. And he goes, well, yeah, a little bit. I said, some of those words have more than three syllables? He said, yeah. I said, no. Nah. I think we'll delay you all four weeks. So they will start that series back up uh, next week, and, and we look forward to hearing from them. You know, this is a, uh, this is a fun time uh, for us, and I know for many of you, hunting season started, and we have hunting, duck hunting starts next week, and, and we get pretty excited about that. We get everything ready. You know, we get out there, we're very confident in, in the way we do things, the building of our blinds and, and where we place our decoys and our calling and, and our shooting and, and all these things. We really prepare for those. You know, I get out there and I, I make sure the blind is exactly the way it is, and Ethan puts those decoys out exactly the way they need to go. And Well, I haven't figured out what Jeff does yet, but we get those things going, and, uh, well, Jeff questions us about our confidence in, in the way we're doing things, but we have a great time. And I guess there are different levels uh, of confidence, different degrees, I guess. There are those that are very confident in what they do. There's a confidence that leads into arrogance. There's an acceptable level of confidence, and I guess there's no confidence at all. So what is confidence? Webster's defines confidence as feeling or consciousness of one's powers or of reliance on on their one's circumstances, a faith or belief that one will act in right, proper, effective way, the quality or state of being certain. How confident are you? Let me tell you, Sean, when it comes to my job, I'm very confident. I can teach with the best of them. I can engineer with the best of them. I can fix any computer program. There's not a problem I can't solve. I've always just wanted to say that. <laughs> Anthony says that. As a father, I'm confident in the way I'm raising my children. I'm teaching them appropriately. As a Christian husband, I'm confident that my wife will claim me to be a Christian husband. And those things are great. Those are outstanding. Confidence in yourself is, is an outstanding thing, assuming that it does not become arrogant, and assuming we give God the glory. Let me give you an example. And I've used this example before, but again, everyone here knows that Jeff is kind of a math guy. And you know, if we took a test a hundred times, Jeff's probably going to beat me at a math test a hundred times. If we go out to the range to go shoot at a thousand yards... I'm probably going to beat Jeff a hundred times out of a hundred. But you know what? There could be that one day. There could be that day that maybe Jeff's just not feeling it. And he gets out there at that test and, you know, that math test. He's thinking about other things. And just so happens the formulas that are on that test are the same formulas I used to figure out how I'm going to shoot so far. And I beat him on that test. And then there's that one time that we go out to the range and my calculator breaks and I have to do all those formulas by hand and Jeff is going to beat me every single time. I may have beat him on that math test once, but he's going to beat me on that shoe beat. Confidence is a great thing 
if not taken to the extreme, but we have to acknowledge that as humans, our confidence can be shaken. Our confidence can be shaken because we are relying on ourselves. So there's a couple of things I want you to recognize before we begin this lesson this morning. But when we uh, discuss confidence, and I'm not talking about arrogance, everyone here this morning, or at least I hope and pray, would agree that arrogance is not good. But brethren, there is nothing wrong with having confidence. I was talking to one of our young ladies a few years ago before she headed off to college, and she had this plan. I mean, I'm doing this, 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 and this. Confidence is great. It's great for success. Arrogance will destroy success. The other thing I want to point out here is you can have misguided confidence. If you base your confidence solely on yourself, you could disappoint yourself. I may actually beat Jeff on that math test at one time. Doubtful, but you never know. And when I do succeed, God gets the glory. He gave us the talents. He gave us the abilities. So why are we talking about confidence this morning? I was asked not too long ago, a friend of mine I've worked with for, for many years. Um, he and I were, were on the SWAT team together for almost 20 years. Um, great guy. Anyways, prior to our warrants, I would, I would lead the team in prayer. And he asked me a question after one of our warrants. Brought up a couple of more questions over the years, almost 50 years old. He wanted to know how or which Bible he should purchase because he didn't have a Bible. And brother, on a side note, nothing to do with our study this morning, especially to the young people. I want you to think about your home. And think about how blessed you are to go home and probably have more Bibles than you can count in your home. And you've got the Word of God there because that's the way your parents raised you. Kiss your mama and hug your daddy for those things. The fact that we are raised or most of us are raised in Christian homes or raising our family in Christian homes is a blessing that we often overlook. Anyways, this came up, more questions about the Bible and everything else. And one of the things he said is, should I know that I'm saved? And should I know that I'm going to heaven or not? Some people in this room look at these two questions and think, that's the same question. Am I saved? And am I going to heaven? Same question. A lot of people don't. I'd be willing to say that there are people here this morning that if asked, they would say, well, yes, I'm saved. Are you going to heaven? Man, I sure hope so. Rather than pose these questions to me, are you saved and are you going to heaven? I answered yes to both. Everyone here can guess the next question that came. Well, how can you be sure? And that's the beauty of the whole deal. Do you see the beauty this morning? Let me rephrase the question. Are you sure you're saved? Are you confident in your salvation? And that's the question I posed to you this morning. I believe, and I know there are brethren struggling with that right now. And it may be you. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that is not the way God wants it. And that is not God's plan for you to struggle with that and to have doubt of your salvation. God does not want you to endure a, a life filled with anxiety and the unknown of the future. Brothers and sisters, He wants you to have a joyous life filled with Him. Filled with the desire to see Him. 
filled with the confidence in knowing you have a home waiting for you. You have a mansion. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we can have confidence and not be arrogant. Paul says we are to wear this helmet of hope. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to salvation. You know, my dad used to have a lot of verses that he would use over and over again. Y'all know if anybody didn't show up to speak, he would always speak on 1 Corinthians 13, a love chapter. And he obviously had his favorites. But if you ask me and my siblings, anyone that spent any time with him, and there were a few verses that you would see his eyes light up when he quoted them or when he read them. 1 John 5 was one of those. And I can assure you as I get older, as I bury more and more loved ones, like my Aunt Linda this past week, it becomes mine too. I like to read a little further up there in 1 John 5, starting in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Brethren, are you saved? And are you going to heaven? Confidence in the Son of God is not error. God wants you to be confident. He wants you to be sure of your salvation. And I believe John was clear. You should know you have eternal life. I believe the reason some don't, or the reason some question whether they have eternal life, whether they are going to heaven, is because they are putting their confidence in the wrong thing. You see, what happens is we hear the Word of God, we believe the Word of God, we confess His name, we repent of that lifestyle, we are baptized with Him through baptism, and we start this Christian walk. And as we're walking this walk, we realize that we fail, we falter, and we disappoint Him. We take the broad path instead of the narrow path at times, and we begin to recognize our shortcomings. I'm supposed to be Christ-like. I'm trying, but man, I'm just not any good sometimes. And I can be a horrible person. How many of you have said that to yourselves? How many times have you looked in the mirror and thought, I am a failure as a Christian? Brother, we all have. For me, it's probably more than some. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God prior to being baptized. <laughs> That's not what it says. We fall short and we sin now. Am I going to heaven? I don't know that I'm good enough. Brethren, if that's the way that you're looking at it, if you're judging your salvation, if you're betting on yourself, then you're right. You're not good enough. You see, oftentimes people doubt their salvation because they are still trying to base their salvation on their own deeds. And brothers and sisters, you will not earn your way into heaven. You cannot do it. It's impossible. You cannot earn your salvation because it's not merited. 
Again, Jeff can beat me at that test 99 times, but I may get him once. If you're relying or, or relying on yourself and have confidence in yourself, you have placed your confidence in the wrong person. Brother, you can work in the kingdom of God for 80 years. Uncle Clyde was here this past week, and I think he's been preaching for over 60 years. You can work your fingers to the bone. You can spill your sweat and blood, but brother, your blood ain't good enough. Accept that and acknowledge that. The faster we accept the concept, the faster we have confidence in the real blood. Again, the problem is, you know, we go to Anthony and we say, hey, look, I need you to get on your computer program and set me up a spreadsheet. I want to list all my bad things I do over here. I want to list all my good things they do over here. I need them to to tally up, and hopefully at the end of the day, I'm on the winning side. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what we do. There are times I think, well, I I, I don't know, but at least it's going to get me a little brownie points, like God's up there with a checklist or something. It's funny, but it's also hurtful. It causes us to live a a life of doubt because we don't know how the the spreadsheet's going to end up. Brother, let me tell you how the spreadsheet's going to end up. I'm just going to break the news for you right now. You're going to lose. If that's what you're basing it on, you're going to lose. There is no hope in your salvation if your salvation is based off of you. There's no confidence if you're relying on yourself. We have to accept that our salvation is not earned. Our salvation is a gift from God by His grace, His mercy, and His love. My salvation was purchased with the blood of the ultimate Lamb. The Son of God came to the earth, lived a life, a life filled with torment and ridicule. People thought our Lord and Savior was crazy. He was accused of false crimes, tried in a ridiculous manner, whipped, beaten, spit on, they slapped him in the face. They murdered your Jesus. And I think helping sister so-and-so move a couch is going to earn me a special place in heaven. Remember when we talked about arrogance? That's it. The fact that you and I would even consider that is unbelievable. I pray this morning if you're sitting there wondering, am I good enough? Have I done enough? I pray you know the answer to that. I pray you know that as good as you are, or as you may think that you are, you're not going to make that shot every time. I may beat you. Jeff may beat you. Don't place your confidence in yourself. If you do, you're going to let yourself down. You're going to walk this life wondering if you will see heaven. You will doubt your salvation because you put your hope where it doesn't belong. Brother, put your hope in Jesus. Put your confidence in His blood. You cannot be good enough, but your Lord and Savior is. You cannot earn your way into heaven, but the blood of Jesus can. Well, Sean, now hang on. Wait a second. I've been saved, so you're telling me that's it. I don't have to do anything else because I'm not earning my way anyways. But again, nothing you can ever do is going to be good enough. But again, this brings up the, the once saved, always saved. Galatians 5 and 4, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. 
Paul once stated this about himself being a castaway in 1 Corinthians 9. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight, not as the one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Jude 1 and 4 ESV, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. What are they doing? They had taken the grace of God and said, hey, we're going to do with what we want. We can practice all kinds of stuff and still be saved. And that's obviously not correct. I cannot go out of here and start a life of sinful behavior and crime and expect to maintain my confidence in my salvation. But I want you to understand something. There is a difference from a repentant-hearted Christian versus a person living a sinful lifestyle. And I believe this is another issue Christians have with their confidence. We know we can lose our salvation, but I don't think we understand how. If you as a Christian sin, you start with remorse, you repent, you you pray, and you're forgiven. A person living a sinful lifestyle does not do those things. It's two separate scenarios. It could be the same sin, but the difference is the repentant heart. Now understand, if you do not repent of those sins, yes, your salvation is in jeopardy, no doubt. But what we fail to understand, once again, is the awesome power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And here's what happens. We are raised in a Christian home, or maybe we are not raised in a Christian home, but at some point we realize that we are sinning, we've heard the word, and we want to be saved. We hear, believe, confess, repent, and we are baptized. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed us clean, and then we sin again. And oftentimes as Christians, the reason we doubt our salvation is because we believe that once we are saved, we then get worse than we were prior to our baptism. Have any of you ever felt that way? Has those thoughts ever crept in? Am I really a Christian? I can't believe I just thought that. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We have all thought that at one time or another. But let me tell you, you didn't get worse, but your eyes were opened. Now you are recognizing your sinful behavior and your mistakes, maybe that you didn't recognize or care about prior to your salvation. One morning you're fine, then you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you wake up, look in the mirror, and think, man, I'm just not a good person. I'm horrible. And I believe this is actually the first step to becoming a mature Christian. You're moving out of milk and into meat. You recognize yourself for what you truly are, and that's a sinner, unworthy, but in need of salvation. You see yourself as a person that does not deserve that beautiful home in heaven. And you're right. You are unworthy of salvation by yourself. You do do not deserve a place in heaven by yourself. But thank God the blood of Jesus Christ is worthy. Thank God our Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me because I could not have done it on my own. 
Brother, and I have to believe as Christians, if you were faithful enough to be washed by the blood of our Lord and Savior, I have to believe that we understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Or at least we did. And maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe when we start doubting our salvation, what we are actually doing is doubting the power of the blood of Jesus. Or perhaps not understanding it. We don't grasp the cleansing power of it for sure. If you would, turn to 1 John uh, chapter 1 with me. 1 John 1, we'll start in uh, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Continuing in chapter 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. First of all, who is John addressing here? God is a light. If we walk in the light, John is talking to Christians. And he, he's talking to us. If we have fellowship with God, another way of describing a Christian, you and me, my little children, he's talking to us. It says if we say we have fellowship with him but walk in the darkness, in other words, if we say we are Christians but live a sinful life, we're not walking in the light. It's not walking in the truth. Your life is not walking in accordance to his will. We're living a sinful lifestyle. John says we lie and do not practice the truth. But what else? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Is the Bible in conflict here? And I believe this is a major point he's trying to make here to us, to Christians. Christians, ones walking in the light, will still sin on occasion. Sin is not totally eradicated just because you come out of that water. It's washed away, I'm sorry, but you can't sin again. Those who walk in the light, Christians, are not perfect. Verses 8 and 10, there are a few different thoughts there. Number one, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And number two, if I have any idea that I used to be a sinner and God saved me and now I'm perfect, I'm deceived. And the third being, we say that we have not sinned, perhaps in the past, if I say I don't have any sin, we are saying man is not sinful and that makes God the liar. In other words, we contradict what we know to be true. We, even as Christians, sin at times. Sean, man, you don't, but I'm sinning every day. Well, and I'm here to tell you, if you acknowledge that very thing, 
That is the beginning of repentance. If you fail to acknowledge that, that makes you a liar and subsequently a sinner. So what do we do? Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Again, walking in the light. Attempting to be Christ-like each and every day is what we are called to do. But we will fail at times. Sin that occurs while walking in the light is not a one-way ticket to darkness. Tim and I have had this discussion many times, and I'm sure there are numerous ways to get to the, the point across. But this is the easiest proof for me. If you study uh, John's writing and you, and you do a, a word study on, on there, there's a couple of things that you're going to notice. And I'll admit I, I, I did some research on this, so some of this is not my own wording. First thing I know is that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all all sin. So, brother, for someone like me, someone who has made some very shameful mistakes and sins in my life, I find this very reassuring. I find it very comforting that the blood of Jesus Christ is not limited to the worldly degree of sin. There is not a sin that I've committed that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot wash away. The other thing I immediately see is that the blood of our Lord and Savior does not hide or put away our sins. Brethren, it is abolished. It is taken away. I cannot tell you how beautiful that is to me. I don't know about you. To think that I will stand before my God not having to worry about some of the things that could come up. That's grace. But the last thing I want to point out is probably the thing that we struggle with the most. And I will tell you, if you're struggling with this, your confidence in your salvation to be wavering. I believe that this could be the problem. When John talks of the cleanse, that word is not used in the past tense. This is a present tense word. called indicative. Zoe, I'm sure you're impressed with that. Did I knew that? He is in indicating a reality. It's a present tense verb. Do you understand that? Or are you looking up here saying, what in the world is he trying to get to? Let me say it another way. John is saying that if somebody is presently walking in the light, in God's light, as a Christian, if you are striving to live a Christian life, you're going to make a mistake and you will sin, but the blood of Jesus Christ is presently cleansing you from all that sin. That is an action that is presently taking place in the lives of Christians, our lives right now. And what does that mean? What does cleanse mean? It implies prior to the cleansing, there's dirt and filth and uncleanliness. And the blood removes all of that. So, Sean, are you telling me that we can just do whatever we want? Absolutely not. 
2 Corinthians 7 and 1 talks of another cleansing. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What is Paul instructing the Christians to do? Cleanse themselves of the things that defile. In other words, be working towards being Christ-like. And once again, I believe this is a major stumbling block or misunderstanding with Christians. Again, we as Christians, we will fail and we sin. Brethren, to put it in terms that I understand, there is a difference between sinning and failing at times and living in sin. From committing a sin and living a sinful lifestyle. And it's very easy to identify. One living in sin is without repentance. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you this morning, right now, if you're a Christian here today struggling with this, if you are doubting your salvation because of mistakes that you've made, you look in the mirror and you see a a sinner, brother, I say you're probably seeing a repentant man, a repentant woman also. Obviously, I don't know your heart. God does. God, I know you have the power to forgive me, but I, I did it again. I don't know how you can do it this time. Does that make sense? Are you doubting God? I always seem to go back to Job during these times. It seems like every time I personally struggle with something, that's where I end up. God, I did it again. Not sure the blood can clean me this time. Where were you when I formed the earth? Who do you think you are to question me and my power? To question the power of the blood of my son. And that's exactly how I feel about it. And I've wondered that myself. You know those times when we're sitting there doubting our salvation. Do you ever wonder if God is looking at us in disappointment? I do. I sent my son for you. I allowed him to be humiliated and beaten and tortured. They spit in my son's face. They murdered him. I looked down and I allowed that for you and you questioned whether or not I love you? Whether or not I have the power enough to love you enough? Brother, let me tell you, I have wondered exactly how many times God has looked down on me and said, man, what do I have to do to prove my love to this guy? I want everyone to hear what I'm about to say and please understand, your heavenly Father, He loves you. A love that we have a very difficult time understanding or possibly fathoming. And He gave all for you. He allows the blood of His Son to flow freely to wash away your sins continually all the days of your life. Do not doubt the power of the blood. And don't doubt God's ability to forgive you. You do that and you doubt the very love that we know to be true. One more time, if you're a Christian, we are going to fail on occasion. You will have bad thoughts. You will say bad things. You will do bad things. You will not be the spouse, the Christian husband, or the Christian wife you're supposed to be. The fact that you recognize that shows your maturity as a Christian. The fact that you're stressing over it shows your repentance. You're in the light. 
Instead of questioning God and doubting your salvation, just be in awe. Stand amazed at His ability to cleanse a filthy rag like me. You say you believe the truth. The truth is right here. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from sin. Accept it and have confidence in it. Because let me tell you, once again, God did not intend for us to walk around all stressed out about our salvation. God wants us to be confident in our salvation, not all balled up with anxiety. He wants us to look forward to seeing our loved ones again. But you know, some of us just can't help being anxious. We not need to get to the truth. We need to study His Word. There are some things that I believe can help you overcome this and become more confident in your salvation. One of the things that I constantly remind myself is God is a merciful God. And He desires nothing more than to be merciful to you and to me. You know, if someone does me wrong... My natural desire is to get even, get revenge. My desire might be to cut that person deep. Let them know how much they hurt me. That's not your God, and that's not your Father. His desire is to show an abundance of mercy. Scripture says He longs to be merciful to His people, even when they have sinned. Isaiah 30 and 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Lamentations 3 and 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I want you to think about that for a moment. His mercy starts new every morning. Have you ever wanted a redo? Brethren, your God loves you. Trust His mercy. Ephesians 2 and 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved me, His mercy has no limit. Sean, you don't know how bad I am. Brethren, you don't know how great your God is. Sean, I've done terrible things. Folks, his mercy is abundant. But Sean, we're talking about me. Second Peter 3 and 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, even me. Understanding God's mercy will help you build confidence in your salvation. Our problem is we view God's mercy as some type of countdown, like it's going to run out or something. We look at God's mercy and think He will get tired of us, and He's going to eventually just throw up His hand and turn His back on us. Folks, I pray you understand, your God will never, ever turn His back on you. We often turn our back on Him. That's man's nature. Not your father's. Our God is overflowing with mercy for his children. But remember, as we just read, we must come to repentance. If you're doubting your salvation, if you struggle with the assurance of your salvation, meditate on the Holy Spirit. 
Ephesians 11, uh, Ephesians 1 and 13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Does God want you to be confident in your salvation? He gave you a guarantee. Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Spirit's working in you right now. That is confirmation. There is an inheritance for you. And God gave you that. Sometimes you just have to look at it and say, I either believe it or I don't. It's pretty black and white. I guess the question is this. I know man lies. Do you think God's a liar? He says, I have a home waiting for you. Do you believe it? Brother, God is incapable of lying. We know that. We just have a hard time believing these promises that he guarantees. You know what else can cause this anxiety or this lack of confidence? I think sometimes we look at our lives and think, yeah, I got one coming. <laughs> God is secretly keeping this big sin over here and he's going to dangle it over my head on the day of judgment. There's something I don't know about. Brother, come on. (laughs) God doesn't store up sins and then surprise you with punishment. That's not the way he works. He wouldn't be a loving God if he did. You know what God does? He helps us identify our shortcomings and our sins. Philippians 3 and 14, I press towards Mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. The Psalms speak of God teaching sinners his ways. And the Proverbs directing our paths. God reveals our sin to us and shows us how to walk a Christian walk. So maybe if you're doubting this morning, that's God and the Spirit working in you. Repent. Accept His mercy. And no offense, but move on and be confident. Quit dwelling on how sorry you are and dwell on how great your God is. There's one more thing I would like to mention as we talk about doubting our salvation and having a lack of confidence. We've read a number of scriptures regarding God's mercy and God's love for us. We've discussed his desire for all to be saved. We know that's what he wants. We've studied how he wants us to have confidence in our salvation. He wants us to be at peace. He's a God of peace. So let me ask you this. Do you think God is the one causing the lack of confidence in your salvation? Hang on, Sean, I'm confused. Do you think your God is a God of confusion? Brethren, Satan is all about confusion. Satan is all about a lack of confidence in your salvation. Satan is all about that anxiety. Satan's first act was to create confusion and to doubt God and His Word. God is always consistent in His Word to us. He is consistent in his character. Brother, if you doubt or you are confused about your salvation, 
God says trust in Him. Take refuge in Him. He promises us and He guarantees us. Satan attacks us. And one of his greatest tools that he has is causing confusion and anxiety and a lack of confidence. His greatest accomplishment is causing you to doubt your almighty God. So brothers and sisters, if you're doubting your salvation this morning, recognize your enemy and what he's doing. He's attacking you. God looks at, at Brother Greg he says, you know what? I'm not going to get him to turn his back on God. I'm not going to get him to turn away from his faith. But I'm going to keep him from enjoying his Christian life. I will fill him with doubt. I'll fill him with fear. But we need to drop to our knees. And we need to pray. Ask God to help us trust him. Ask God to help us recognize Satan in his game. And most importantly, to win the game. I believe the Apostle Paul had a confidence in his salvation that we should strive to have. 2 Timothy 4 and 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Brethren, that's confidence. Have confidence in your salvation. Have confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you saved? Absolutely. Are you going to heaven? Without a doubt. Not because of anything I or you have done, but because of the love of our Heavenly Father, because of the love of His Son, and because of His blood. Your God wants you to have this confidence. He wants you to be at peace, not just for you, but to bring others to Christ. Have you ever thought about that for a moment? Have you ever thought about a lack of confidence can hurt the kingdom? If you're proclaiming to be a Christian but are living a life of doubt, people will see that. And what kind of ministry is that? So I hear you go to church. Yep, sure do. You going to heaven? Man, I sure hope so. That's not real assuring. God wants you to be confident. He wants you to be at peace. Many of you know, and I've, I've read these before, but me and Dad and Katie DeMint and Gary used to go to the old gospel quartet singings. Anyway, there's a song. It's called Child of the King, and I love this song. Here's the words. Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within. But with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings and pity and love took me under his wings. Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. My Holy Father has made me His own, and I'm cleansed by His blood, and I'm clothed in His love, and someday I'll sing with the angels above. Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows in my veins, and I who was wretched and poor now can sing, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the King. Are you a child of God this morning? Have you been cleansed from your sins? If you've not, we pray you take that step this morning. All this confidence that we've talked about this morning, this confidence in your salvation starts with accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you're willing to confess His name, repent of your old lifestyle, 
and be willing to start a new life and be buried with Him in baptism, you can have this salvation that we've talked about this morning. This heaven that we've talked about this morning will be home waiting for you. There are people, brothers and sisters in Christ, sitting here this morning doubting their salvation. It may be you. You wake up in the morning thinking, if I die today, will I go to heaven? Brethren, let us pray for you. Seek the strength of your family. You should not be doubting your salvation. Your family is here, and we can help you with that. Most importantly, your Heavenly Father can help you with that. God wants you to have peace here on earth. He wants you to be walking around with confidence, not arrogance, but confidence in your salvation, confidence in Him. Because, brethren, He gave all for you. Don't doubt His love. If you're here this morning and you'd like the prayers of the church or perhaps you would like to be baptized, we ask you please come forward as we stand and sing.